0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What. Today we've got Ben Williams on and he's the co founder of Lupin. Hi, Ben.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good, thanks, mate. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. It's been a a busy week already. Um, It doesn't feel like Tuesday. It was a lot later in the week, but I'm good. I'm good.
0: (laughs) Good stuff. Um, Do you want to jump straight in, Ben, and tell everyone a bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, I'm a co founder and current COO of a startup called Loopin. Uh, we were born in a pandemic around one year and seven months ago, um, on the back of what we were doing in business anyway. My co-founder and I, Anthony, uh, in helping companies engage their employees differently through immersive workshops, both digitally and also physically, uh, through coaching, goal setting, resilience training, and all these things that come. To mind with the personal development world and then um obviously with the pandemic uh, taking all coaching and w- live workshops off the table to a degree and not being very digitally set up we decided to pivot into technology to um to create something that not only should bring people together during a time where we will need it which is pandemic but it's something that we'll need anyway uh, and that's where the kind of ethos of looping was founded and then fast forward to where we're at now we're uh 14 people strong um just done our second round of investment uh, and now moving into the world to show people what we've been working on
0: wow so loopin's a tech platform for uh engaging employees right
1: yeah that's it, it we're um so we're a sas integration that currently sits on slack so mm-hmm. uh at our first book call, our first integration was slack and then as we sort of grow next year we'll be then jumping on to other such platforms like Microsoft Teams and other um, communication and collaboration um, platforms. Uh, But essentially it is that we we wanted to bridge the gap actually between well-being and engagement. Um, They could be seen as two different subjects where really actually if you have highly engaged people in in our eyes who are connected to one another as peers and as managers and leaders then ultimately you can really have an impact on well-being as well. Um, And well-being isn't just what we do at home with exercise or practicing meditation or personal development um, as an individual it's also a team effort to ensure that we can have the conversations we need to have or we feel we can be open and authentic with one another and and create an environment and cultures within businesses that um empower that and, and um ask of that for its people so we can be us at work we can be human beings at work Uh, And if we have that, um, ultimately that has a a great impact on our well being and has highly or more highly engaged people. And and that's what workplaces are looking for in this modern way of working.
0: I think that's really interesting. Obviously, mental health is uh, an ever growing sort of point of of interest for businesses and people in general. You know, we're all starting to look after our mental health better. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've not, you know, you see companies sort of pay lip service to it. But this looks like a really practical way of actually addressing it.
1: Yeah, I think there's always that complexity between you know esg and um companies ensuring that as if ensuring they look like they're doing what they should be doing um and they're the right things to not just look like they're doing what they're doing but actually doing them for the right reasons so lowering their uh carbon footprint and the social responsibility of looking after the well-being of employees and even their families and friends at reach um and yes there is companies which. Uh, what, what would we say They probably would go through the process of creating something like what we're trying to put in place just to tick boxes um, to say they're doing it and then there's also companies out there who are forward thinking and really really want to do it uh, and they're the companies that we work with and want to work with mm-hmm. and continue to work with and, and and companies that really genuinely do put their people first because um, th- that is at the end of the day what all businesses are built from uh the people within them and um times are changing generations are changing and people are looking at the workplace very differently and it doesn't take much for people to move on if they if they don't feel they're empowered or belong to a company and um, there's definitely a new way of working now and so there needs to be tools on the market like ourselves which support that and empower that for people who want to work like
2: that i think it's quite an interesting concept because I, I feel like it's those sort of goals that everyone sort of knows about and knows they should be doing and but no one really knows how to do it so bringing in some someone like yourself and your team to mm. create those templates um I assume it was quite a powerful uh implement in businesses
1: yeah we when we first branched out um both Ant and I spent 10 years in the marines each and um you you, you don't meet there I say you don't meet very higher performing groups of individuals than you do in in such organizations as that and that's not to say that that those types of high performing individuals and groups don't exist in the civilian world of course they do but on such scale and and on such almost regularity amongst your peers and your leadership and I, i think taking some of those frameworks of not the uh, muddy, nitty-gritty Royal Marines that we probably assume to be there, but, but more of the mindset and the ethos of what actually brings out those characteristics in us as um, soldiers, but then how is it relatable to the civilian world? And so we found ourselves creating frameworks and workshops and um, personal development coaching that we were taking to businesses that which, which was extracted from this way of thinking um, and stuff we were using ourselves in the civilian world and practicing it, knowing that it does work. So doing it as live coaching and doing it in workshops is fantastic. The difficulty there is you can only have so much impact. You can put on these wow events and people come along and you can tell your stories. And and it is great. It's great to tell the stories. It's great to share the stories. And then it's great for people to hear them. Um, Well, most people know everyone loves it, but it, it does have an impact. The difficulty then is finding longevity. And I think the but a lot of companies struggle with this. There's a lot of sheep dipping into leadership courses. That's, there's a lot of oh, let's, let's put them through this course or this workshop because this will bring this out of them um, and it doesn't work like that. It, it needs Things need s- sustained um, exposure. It, you need to be dipped into some form of training and coaching and then you need to have longevity in what you're trying to achieve. And so what we're doing at Lupin is we're we're simply starting with helping companies improve um, peer-to-peer support and also helping line managers lead helping managers actually know how to lead and where to lead um spotting who they need to have a conversation with today and and not as a witch hunt but as a support network as a framework that actually supports people in the workplace peer-to-peer and management um and, and Our view is that if we can do this, you know, you embed it, you onboard it with workshops and coaching, but then you move it forward with um, this continuity, this longevity with technology helping you do this, then ultimately you can have a bigger, broader, longer impact, which is what we want to do.
0: So, you know, your business looping is, I guess I'd put it under maybe business consulting um, as as like a sub-industry, but what kind of people and what kind of skill sets do you look for when you're looking to employ people? You mentioned you've built a team, but what kind of skill sets are you looking for?
1: Oh, I have to tread very carefully now don't I, because Lily, our marketing (laughs) executive is listening and I'm sure someone else will. We've... um... Look, there's there's no beating around the bush. We we both an, and I come from the Royal Marines, so we we have extremely high standards. Um, but those high standards aren't that we expect our people to turn up and <laughs> polish their boots and make their beds. Um, hopefully they do, don't they, Lily? But uh, <laughs> we expect the high standards of wanting to achieve more. Um, we we have a number of uh, values within the Royal Marines that we we sort of embed into our business and a lot of people strive for perfection whereas our belief is perfection doesn't exist but the um obtaining excellence does exist you you can continuously continuously strive for excellence and and bringing in such ways of thinking into our business is to employ people who also think that way and that, that can be really difficult and it can be Uh, it can be dangerous during the hiring process especially in covid where a lot of hiring is done virtually and people Mm. only need to sell themselves one hour through them through the these means and um, they could potentially be working with you Uh, and so you have to be you have to be very clever in what you're looking for but you also have to really be able to pick up on the sense of what someone else is trying to achieve and what do they want to do in the world and we're looking for people who want to have impact. We're not looking for people who want to just be paid. Um, and you know, Lily's on this call now, so use Lily as an example. When she came to her second or third interview with us, uh, it was booked in for an hour and she was still there three hours later and we we're all still locked in conversation. Um, and, and that's maybe we over, <laughs> overdid it on the time a little bit there, but it was good to know that you could bring people into the business you actually have shared common interests with. Um, but I think that's how we hire is uh, and who we hire is now what the modern workplace is becoming, you know, we're seeing more and more people want to have an impact and do something meaningful in the world, mm. and then the paycheck comes second. And so it's not easier to find these people, but it's it's clearer to understand them when they come forward. And, and you can really feel it when people buy into your mission. And, and our mission is to have a global impact on the well-being and engagement space for almost ridding um, surveys and continuous pulsing surveys Mm -hmm. of organizations and the monotony and lack of action. I heard this fantastic saying the other day from someone who said it's not survey fatigue, it's lack of action fatigue. And we're trying to create a business that creates action. That uh, helps managers and peers and organizations take action as opposed to just ask questions. But we have to be able to do it first through our own business. Um, sure. And that's how we hire.
0: So within this well-being space, you know, well-being consulting with businesses, what if somebody wants to get into that, how would you even go about doing that?
1: Are you asking from um, a setting your own business up startup venture well, how, or, how does or... the
0: industry i'm just interested in how the industry works so the well-being industry and it all seems pretty new new to us well, certainly i've only been aware of it um you know for a couple of years but does it work would they come and work for a business like yours or what does the space actually look like i think
1: um again it comes back to this almost passion um i haven't been in the military and experienced operations across the world and um, suffering from my own mental health problems during that time of service and even points afterwards, you know how real well-being is and what well-being looks like. Um, And unfortunately, like mental health and well-being is becoming slight buzzwords. And there is already, you don't have to look far to see negativity kind of shrouded around how people refer to these things. well-being is well-being is just simply looking after yourself it's mental and physical health isn't it and so people the fitness industry booms because people are so passionate about the fitness industry because it has such a um, high impact on the instructor or the personal trainer's body and, uh, and mind and and they get really invested and I think it's the same in in the industry we're in is um it's not physical health in the sense of everyone's out running and doing press-ups all the time and training in that sense but it's it's physical health that leads to mental wealth you know i i say that quite often and and well-being is such an important thing to all of us in the business and other people's well-being that it's easier to have passion within it i i would say to many people if you're trying to get into the industry just because the buzzwords are out there and it seems to be booming don't bother because it will leave you alive and There's more people out there with more passion who are there to do a bigger impact as opposed to just make money or get paid. Um, And that's where I think it really counts.
0: Interesting. And I think I've seen definitely a few sort of ex servicemen or quite a few ex servicemen go on to start successful businesses. Do you think, why do you think that is? Is there some sort of skill (laughs) or or something that that Uh, you guys get in (laughs) the armed forces that gives you that upper hand?
1: Yeah, out of naivety. yeah uh if you ask me yeah what were we doing when we decided to go into tech during the middle of the the pandemic and an (laughs) economical downturn um i wouldn't say that was courage or bravery whatsoever i'd say that's naivety i um, i do there's 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 many there's many um there's many attributes to a soldier what what is instilled in us within the forces that carry into the civilian world and and it does help that you've probably been in difficult situations that you've had to push through you understand um, what it's like to kind of push past comfort and, and get comfortable being uncomfortable um, and that i think for service personnel becomes a little bit more normal however um, i do stand by the naivety as well i think there is something within it that you can come into the world away from the military and think well oh, i could I'm going to give this a go and see what happens. And and I think some of the best ideas and great founders come from actual naivety and and just exploring an industry to see what they could do and where they could have impact. And then you sharpen your skills and you learn and you become more resilient and then you become a bit more of a rounded package. I I think I'm a completely different person as a leader, as in a business owner than I was over a year ago where I I really didn't have much of a clue in what we were doing. but what I would say is that there's, there's always this kind of aura around um, military personnel who seem to step in and do great things. And it's, it's great that it's assumed that it's from the military, but those people had to join the military without that military skill set beforehand. It's a human nature um, to be able to bolster that mindset, to be able to do something you really want to do. And a lot of us found ourselves in training camps and then at war practicing that behavior and then coming back to civilian world and then implementing it again but in different ways so i say to anyone it doesn't matter if you're in or out of the military establishing that mindset to do something extremely challenging is within us all but you've got to it sounds uh, cliche and referencing simon Sinek's why but you you do have to have a real purpose in and drive in what you're doing otherwise it's so easy to fall out of love with it especially as you get (laughs) <laughs> punched and punched and punched <laughs> again throughout your time of running a business and um maybe that for veterans is the ability to just the the, the classic saying crack on you know mm. you just have to crack on sometimes um and and i do find we're quite good at cracking on when things get very hard
2: we've obviously mentioned that more recently there's been a, a higher emphasis on people's uh, mental health and mental well-being um being in the space you sort of mentioned earlier that you do see this, some companies that are just doing it as a tick box exercise but are you actually seeing a uh, greater increase of companies really willing to help their employees and work to create these better systems and also do you think that the government will actually step in at one point and say these sort of practices need to be in place uh for all companies
1: yeah i do i am. Um... Going to your first point, uh, for this type of space, and I don't mean to sell this in a way of um, money and, and and doing business, but it's essentially what we're doing. And if you're in business, you're trying to drive revenue for your business, and getting executive buy-in for certain things over the years has always been very tricky. Now more than ever is the executive buy-in so easy to obtain in this world of well-being and engagement because they they are under the cost from certain things that they need to achieve in a box ticking way but there is also a huge problem you have entire workforces at home some of which in very volatile situations some of which don't feel safe at home um others are just bored people want to come in but then they don't want to come in and and it's got to a really tricky point for businesses to go what do we do then and how do we do it and dare I say it and only because I'm biased to our own product but I also believe that the way we're pivoting is because there needs to be new and refreshing ways to do it there's new and refreshing ways to improve well-being and, and increase engagement and um, the the times of surveys and, and things like that are maybe passing and and so executive buying's getting easier we're having conversations with companies that I, I thought would take us years to get to and, and we're having them in a matter of months. Then the complexity and difficulty comes is that the market's moving at such a speed, um, you have to try and keep up with your product and, and what you're trying when what you're trying to do. And you can only do it at such a pace uh, to the to the capability of the team. And actually beforehand, it was almost the flip way, wasn't it? It was you could create a product, people start to like your product, you prove the concept of the product, and then you gain traction. And then when you gain traction, it's easy to get executive buy. And now it's like, we need your product. We're not sure what it does. Um, but get it in, but then you get in and you you start to run it. we're in a, what i think only seven months of launching the actual product itself. and so we're still learning, we're still trying to catch our breath and and keep up with the sprint and and that's now becoming the most challenging thing to do. but equally um yeah, executives are, are completely aware of this huge problem almost all companies are facing now.
0: Um, to, to go into a bit more detail on when you look for somebody who you're hiring. So you mentioned Lily, who's on the call. Um, we like to talk about CVs versus maybe a portfolio, not necessarily a portfolio if you're working in marketing, but somewhere, whether it be on social media or, or somewhere online, you can showcase work you've done or projects you've worked on. And as an employer and going forward um, and, and looking for people to actually add value, you're going to value that way more over than a paper CV. Am I right, or do you still like to see a CV?
1: No, you're right. I going back to the military. I had the honour uh, of training raw marines recruits, and part of my training with the um, part of taking those recruits from raw civilian to um, trained commando was taking them them on the thirty two week course, and hardly anyone statistically survives staying in original which means to stay in your original troop you joined in training all the way through to the end more often than not people get what's called back troops they have to go back in training that could be down to failings that could be down to wrongdoings it be down to injury and so on and we report on these people on these young men and women now um every week and and it was so easy to write people's names into the mud a little bit and and you would often find corporals and sergeants which would take a disliking to an individual and then write them up in a way that would devalue that person. So when they moved troop and went back into training that, you know, they would assume you, you would read their report and instantly dislike them yourselves. When I would started to see that pattern, I then began not reading the reports and allowed the recruit to make his own fresh slate, as I suppose you could say, within our troop to see who they are, what material they're made of, and, and do they have the qualities to be passed out as a Royal Marines on my watch? Um, then when they ruin it and they mess it up, you then look at their report and you go, oh yeah, they're a terrible, <laughs> people. let's get rid of this person. But I, I have the same ethos with how we hire. Um, is it the right way, is it the wrong way? I'm sure many people would argue that's the wrong way, but I, I've never read any of the team CVs, as much as they spend hours—sorry, Lily—writing them to prove to you who they are, um I don't read them. I, I don't want to make a prejudged opinion on the person who's going to walk through the door. I'd rather do it on conversation, and then maybe afterwards pick up their CV. Now, professionally, out of us, tomo my business partner, does read the CVs, um, and he does look for every single one to see what caliber of person we're bringing into the business. So one person does it, and then it's only fair that the other one comes in completely blank, completely unknowing of the person to get to know him in those quite often difficult and tough moments, which is an interview. Um, and we interview him several times. And so you get to see the real person come out. You get to hear their passions. They actually share with you real things as opposed to, um, some of the bullshit they put in there. Uh, (laughs) that is, we all know it's bullshit. Um, and I think I don't know if uh, Lily you must have had this as well. When we've been doing it, we ask everyone, you know, what's the closest thing to a lie on your CV? And then they're like, oh, I'm, I've not even read it. So I'm sat there looking at them, going, whatever you tell me, I'm going to believe. But it's great because people actually genuinely say, look, I did say that this, but that's rubbish. <laughs> I never did that. And I think that's where you get a real honest person come through as well because um, we all, we all blow it up a little bit don't
0: oh, of we, course
1: we do, yeah yeah. so that's that's how i approach it so 50 50 down the middle um my business partner will look at the CVs, and he'll come a little bit more loaded up with that kind of uh professional opinion of the person and then mm. i like i go in the blank canvas to just get to know the, the actual human being who sat in front of us
0: uh and, and another kind of uh question down that kind of um route would be We like to talk about how people can get their foot in the door now at companies. Um, And there's so many different startups in loads of different spaces, but the traditional put your CV through the door is kind of not going to cut it anymore. We don't think anyway. Mm -hmm. So if somebody reached out via LinkedIn or other social medias or got hold of somebody's email, would you as a founder be impressed by somebody saying, hey, look, this is what I can do. And this is what I'd like to do for your company. This is what I've done in the past um and this is why i think i could add value even if there isn't a job description or a job going at the company do you think approaches like that actually are quite impressive
1: yeah i think the business owners are getting younger um millennial and gen z business owners and leaders are coming forward and and i think we all think slightly differently we like to be impressed uh we like the business's ego rubbed everyone likes that in business it's, what can you do for my business why are you coming in um And I think we the way to cut it in the world is there's so much noise out there, isn't there? And so to cut through any noise, you have to be innovative. And it's something that Lily did. She came in and um, was innovative in her approach to like, this is what we're going to do when we start marketing. And it was like, ah, that's so much different to our competitors. And maybe we stand a chance of being heard. Um, And it's things, yeah, there's crazy stories. What was the one? um, Was it Social Chain, Steve Bartlett Social Chain or someone? Someone like that is a big digital marketing agency, a social media agency, but someone had got a pigeon, um, uh, what they call racing pigeon, and attached yeah. their CV to the pigeon's foot and then let it go into the office. Like, <laughs> that's ballsy, to be fair. That's really yeah. ballsy to go and do that. And they got the job because they were so impressed that, well, if, if this is the way you market yourself, um, what are you going to do for for how we run this business? I, I can't remember it's social chain. It's one of the big agencies. Yep. And...
2: I read one on a bit similar that was yeah. uh, somebody um, used Facebook and put their CV on like one of the ad pop-ups on Facebook. So whenever yeah. the person was who hired was scrolling through Facebook, this person's CV would continuously come up <laughs> and they got the job eventually. It's like, look, I know how to market. I can get your product in front of your face.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they spent 10 grand on uh, ads but uh they got there in the end that is i think that's a big part of it and especially in startup um if you want to go for a job at one of the big four or big corporate you you unfortunately still have to carry on walking down the path they expect you to turn up your uh cv turn up your experience and make sure you turn up in the interview Uh, i do think it's funner in the startup world you can have more fun in hiring and you can be a bit more expressive during the interviews and vice versa it's the opportunity for someone to come in and shake up what you're doing and when they do that and when you find people that can do that you suddenly realize the pool of talent is far greater it's the the pool of talent never looks very good where everyone's putting a cv on the desk and trying to get the same job and all sort of tussling over the same thing the pool of talents far more obvious when people actually are innovative and do crazy things to show you that they genuinely want the job and um that's what we look for and and now and i don't know if i'm hanging my head out there because people <laughs> start throwing pigeons into our office <laughs> we're not into that one <laughs> <laughs>
2: um now now that you've started up your uh, your company your business how what have been some of the biggest challenges you've had to face and overcome um doing this project
1: um i think uh I I never knew how many no's or go away's or it's not going to work is involved in a startup. Um, Again, I come back to that kind of word naivety is you do have to have a bit of naivety naivety to take on what is inevitably going to be some of the toughest challenges. Um, And it is constant. It's a constant barrage. And I I genuinely mean this when I say it as well. I've done Afghanistan. I've done commando training. I've done some really tough things in my life. This is by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do because it's so con- constant. It's it's worrying about, OK, your, your employees. Then you're thinking about oh well, the investors are going to be asking the next question. And and then you get some bad feedback over the product or someone doesn't want to use it. And hang on, where's this and where's that? Um, and it's just a barrage of, of difficulty. Um, strangely, I wouldn't change it at all. Um, i think i'd i'd personally get very bored failing failings
2: a way you've learned so yeah you... and
1: yeah, it's exactly that and if you don't put your neck out there you you'll never learn you have to go and try things break things and see what happens and that's where some of the best and craziest products come from which change the world and i hope we are that product which is going to be one of the next ones I, in fact, i don't hope i know um we just got to keep doing what we're doing um but but it is tough um and i do massively respect anyone who goes out to do this and even more so not just a founder who is like we're going to try this let's see what happens we'll raise some money investors know the risk if it doesn't work well then we all crack on to the next thing but it's also your team you know our team they're in there they know they're in a startup startups are volatile it can be difficult There's lots of rejection and they're a part of it as much as you are and i think you're not just looking for talent when you're hiring to come into your business to see what they can add and where they can add value. You're also looking for the resilient ones who you, who come in and you can be brutally honest with them and say, we don't do this properly, we're not all here in a year. Um, and we need people who get that, realize that, and then can shut that away and crack on. Um, again, I use that kind of marine term of cracking on. And I suppose it's really, really difficult But when you can surround yourself with the right people who are on the same path uh have the same vision and the the same mission as you then collectively it gets a bit easier
0: and what for you has been the singular biggest positive uh, of actually deciding to do this
1: that's a great question when you started talking i thought you're going to be on the negative one and i was already trawling through the negative (laughs) um what's been the positive so there's been lows. Um, I used to be quite an angry, uh, volatile character myself and transitioning from the military was difficult and 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 things like that. One of our investors came in and said, look, I don't really want much from this. I'm a very wealthy person who just actually wanted to see a couple of veterans do quite well. Um, and he, But his one caveat was you've got to have coaching. And I remember at the time I was like, mm, are we going to have time for coaching? What does this even look like? Executive coach, is that not a bit extreme? Do we not just need to be a bit more Zuckerberg in the early days and just keep breaking <laughs> things? And uh, and that wasn't an ego thing that you couldn't tell me that I didn't need coaching. Um, but what he knew was we were, we were about to embark on probably one of the most difficult things we we're ever going to embark on and continue to. And, and so he wanted something in there that it, it is so lonely at the top. Um, there's no one else at the top but, but if you're lucky enough to have a founder um, and you can't go home to your wife every night and moan about business and you ring your friends and they don't get it because they've just got a normal job and mm. they're not doing what you're doing and so it's very very lonely so to have coaching with my coach Liz every two weeks around personal development leadership learning how to lead as a civilian and not just as a sort of brutal ex-marine Um, has been one of the most transformative things I think I've established during this startup. And we're going to meet, we've struggled and we're going to meet struggles again and again and again. There'll be problems with the product, there'll be problems with clients, there'll be problems with investors. But I think having that coaching has made me far more resilient to dealing with all that that comes. Having somewhere you can go and express yourself and then come back to work with, you know, again, use it saying, but a blank slate, to then just crack on with the next bit of the mess because that's all a startup is it's survival until you finally find traction um and i and if i know it's expensive and it's difficult but if, if i could give one bit of advice is is to any startup founders to seek some sort of coaching or guidance where you can go to learn as opposed to just bounce ideas off because not many people have that and i think that can often be the difference between continuing to go or giving up
2: was it quite different, the leadership that you've uh, probably been taught in the military to the leadership of you've been taught in that executive role?
1: Yeah, very different. Like the team get really annoyed when I try and thrash them and press <laughs> us um, and throw things at them and shout at them to their faces, nose to nose. They don't like that. Um, and they don't respond well. No, I think it's, it's it's exactly that. It You know, our way of leadership in the military is different, it is more authoritarian, but but actually in recent years, it has become far more about coach and mentor. Um, and I think I was part of that transformative period as the military was learning that, and the Marines especially, that I did come to the civilian world with an ability to lead slightly differently to what people probably assumed we led like. Um, bringing it into a startup is is a challenge. You are dealing with many different types of characters, introverts, extroverts, um, engineers, carry all different types of personalities all the way through to marketing and people wanna do different things. I think the the key to it though is is making sure you're all clear on the mission or at least the vision of of what are we trying to do. Um, And when you can get buy-in, it doesn't matter if a person is an introvert or an extrovert or however they come to work, if you're all on the same path then you get bigger buying from your team and there's so many businesses out there which fail to get their people to buy into the vision of what they're doing our team genuinely and I believe this from the bottom of my heart purely believe in what we're doing to the point where they come in and talk about it at work saying I was telling people about what we're doing with Lupin at the moment and they're talking about out of work, they're they're working later. Like Lily shouldn't be on the school right now, but she's invested into what we're doing. And it's, you know, working hours are over. And that's the type of people that we have. And the leadership there isn't to tell them to do that. Um, The leadership there isn't to shout them into position. You have to be tight. You have to set deadlines. You have to be difficult. And I know I can be personally difficult sometimes. Um, But the, the part that allows you to be difficult um, is being able to set the vision that people get on board with and mm. want to go with you no matter what it takes. And it is that Fable was saying, going, going over the top of the trenches, is that's what you're doing in a startup. And your startup will fall to pieces if you can't get your people to do it. So I su- so I suppose that leadership is actually quite the same as military-way of thinking. You have a mission, you've got to go and do it. Um, but getting people to buy into it in a world that's not violent and you're not going to die around the next corner is 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 difficult um but when you get it right it's it becomes the magic source of your business
0: a a, a slight tangent from me um just really interested would you still go back into the royal marines you know looking back now would you still make that decision to go in there and and learn Mm. everything you did
1: uh what are you asking me would i go and do it all again
0: yeah, would you still would you still go? Yeah, would you go back and do it all again? Uh,
1: I would. Yeah, I'd want a higher salary to go and do it all again. <laughs> um, yeah, we always. I was I was running around one of the training areas the other day with an ex-marine, and we were laughing and joking, saying, "Would you do training again?" And I think every marine would say yes because it, it exposes them to the career that they then go on to lead. Um, uh, do I miss the military though? I, I do a bit. Dare I say it? When things get hot around the world and things start to kick off, and and what others may assume is going wrong, is that is your bread and butter and what you trained to do for so long. And I suppose there is an element of fear of missing out. It's not warmongering or wanting to get doing the wrong things, but you train to be that person, and so I I I I think I miss it when activity heats up, Mm. Uh, and I miss I suppose I miss the brotherhood, the unity. But this is something again that. I don't miss much because I believe we've actually embedded it into the culture of our business. Mm. Um, my co founder is an ex marine or former marine, sorry. Um, we don't say ex. Once a marine, always a marine. Um, <laughs> and so we can sit at the desk together looking at one another, just saying how shit it is today. And it'd be funny. <laughs> and you can laugh it off and you somehow find a way of keeping each other going. And even the team have now started using the vocabulary Raw Marines use. We have our own language in the Raw Marines. And some of them are coming around to using it, and I think there is a genuine ethos in our business that actually it does feel there's some sense of brother and sisterhood with what we have because you're all fighting for a common purpose to achieve something, and it's really difficult. And so I don't miss it for the reasons that probably most would, um, but look, there's no getting away from it. It's still part of part of the DNA.
0: Yeah well ben it's been an absolute pleasure hearing about what you're doing i think what you're doing at Loopin is really cool um thank and thank you again for taking the time
1: no worries let's for those that are listening come and say hi
0: yeah
2: please plug uh plug everything you've uh, you've got if um feel free to where can people find you on linkedin
0: or any uh, social yeah. media's or
1: so um you can find me on me personally on instagram ben underscore williams underscore cm charlie mike uh, let's Loopin or kill me now. Lupin, find <laughs> Lupin on uh, LinkedIn. You'll definitely find it, search for Ben Williams, you'll find it, um, letsloopin.com. Uh, we're, do, we're doing lots of things at the moment. So um, come and say hello, get involved in what we're doing and, and be part of this journey.
0: Amazing, thank you, Ben.
1: No worries.